Patients first. You hear it a lot in healthcare, but you don't always see it. That's where physician associates come in. PAs go the extra mile to make you the priority, using their medical training and expertise to address your specific health needs and taking the time to listen, explain, and follow up. Everyday physician associates go beyond to ensure that you receive the care you deserve. See how they're redefining healthcare at PAsGoBeyond.com. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Prague Watch. Music that tells a story with your friend and host, Big Tony Rousick, a.k.a. Prague Squatch. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to Prague Watch, my friends. This is Big Tony, your host. And I thank you for tuning in once again. I've got another great program lined up for you this week. Frank Wyatt of Happy the Man, Oblivion Son, and now Frank Wyatt and Friends will be my guest. Frank and I will be chatting about all of his projects through the years, and I'll be spinning lots of great music along the way. Before I begin, a big thank you to our new and ongoing supporters. Without your support, we couldn't continue to make this show. If you enjoy Prague Watch and you want to help me keep making it, you should consider supporting the show on Patreon.com. You can find me there under Anthony Rausick, or you can go to ProgWatch.com and click on the Support the Show link, which will automatically redirect you to the Patreon page. Also, a big thank you to those who took the time to rate the show highly and write a short review for us on iTunes. Your ratings do help others find the show, and I love hearing from you. So I've got a lot of stuff to cram into this episode, so I'll get things rolling without further ado. Let's start with some classic Happy Demand music from their first two albums. First up is Stumpy Meets the Firecracker in Stencil Forest from Happy Demand's eponymous debut, which will be followed by Ibby It Is from their second album, Crafty Hands.
Once again, that was Stumpy Meets the Firecracker in Stencil Forest from the self-titled debut album by Happy the Man, released in 1977. And then Ibby It Is from their second, Crafty Hands, which followed in 1978. Now let's listen to some of my chat with Frank Wyatt. Just a little background before I roll. I had some technical difficulties on my end regarding the recording of the interview, but Frank was super cool about it. He stuck with me and helped me to figure things out. Frank. <laughs> Tony. <laughs> we emerged victorious from Technoland. Yes, we did. Uh, we had our difficulties, but now it's working. So uh, first, let me say it's a pleasure and an honor to have you on the program. And thanks for wading through all that fun stuff to try to figure out the ways around the technical issues that we were ha- I was having. <laughs> well, I was, I, I had the same problem. I couldn't figure it out. And, uh, you know, in the modern day in the studio or just on your computer, that happens to everybody. I'm sure it's, I mean, how much of our life do we dedicate to solving technical issues that, that we didn't have just a few days ago because something <laughs> updated and something changed and now you have to figure it out all over again. Right. You have to consider context as well. I suppose otherwise we could be out foraging. It's true. It's true. So yeah, it's a modern, modern problem. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the sign of the times, man. Yeah. So, uh, can you uh, fill us in a little on your early history in the music business as far as, uh, I mean, did, how did you get started? Were you from a musical family or anything like that? Or? No, not really. We, uh, we had a piano in the house growing up, and I would bang around on that. In the, I guess the very beginning, first exposure was in uh, elementary school. They had a, some some guys from an instrument company came in, and they had all the pretty instruments laid out in the cafeteria. and we're trying to get people to join the band and I saw all those nice, pretty things and went, wow, this is cool. And I chose the clarinet and third grade started playing clarinet mm-hmm. advanced from there to in high school. I changed over to saxophone mm-hmm. and by then I was, I was pretty much really into it. So was in the jazz ensemble, the marching band, all that stuff. I was, in the Allstate music, you know, contests and did well. Then got scholarships to go to college for music. And okay. Chose uh, Madison College, which I had actually chosen Michigan State University before because I was really into big band jazz then. And Dr. George West was the director of the music department there. He was a trombonist and a great jazz composer, I thought. And still think. So I was going to go there. And then lo and behold, the year I was to go to college, he transferred to James Madison University. It is now. But it was Madison College in those days. So I was able to stay in Virginia where I lived and get a much lower tuition and have the jazz director and theory teacher that I was looking for anyway. And that turned out to be a very good thing because uh, Stan Whitaker was in the same music department. Mm-hmm. So, so that's where I met Stan. We uh, we started Happy in the Man up. Yeah. So uh, there was that whole little early encounter with uh, Peter Gabriel in the early days of Happy the Man. I don't want to devote too much time to it, but for those who don't know out there who are listening, can you just tell us a little bit about what, what went on with that? 
It was about four years after we had formed and we'd, we'd left Harrisonburg and moved to Northern Virginia. Peter had left Genesis and I'm not sure how he heard of us, but he somehow had heard of us and auditioned us. He came and we spent a, a, a day with him in a studio in Northern Virginia and played some songs and had, had a really good time. And, in the end, we did not go with him, probably foolishly, but we were convinced that we wanted to have our own identity as Happy the Man. And I don't think Peter was looking for that. He, he wanted a band to be his backing band. So, mm-hmm. there, there you go. There you we go. Chose to, we chose to stay Happy the Man. And Peter went his way. Okay. So, uh, you put out two albums on Arista and uh, then kind of everything fell apart. And the third album was delayed by about four years. Um, and then, you know, more or less it was just the unreleased stuff and the whole thing was on hiatus until about 2004. So uh, what prompted you to get Happy the Man back together again at that point? In 2000, we had the Happy to Men reunion, and that was Stan who started that. He was playing with a band called Tengen and was doing some prog festival down in Mexico. And I, I was living in Hawaii at the time. I had pretty much given up on the music business altogether. Mm-hmm. Stan was approached by all these fans down in Mexico, telling him that Happy the Man still had a cult following and that he should get the band back together. And he... he uh, has expressed to me and, and to other people in interviews that he was very much surprised by this because he had no idea that Happy the Man had a following either. But in any event, he reached out to uh, to me and some of the other members of Happy, like Rick Kennel and Kit Watkins. Who else? Who am I missing? Uh, Ron Riddle for drums and said, hey, you think we could get the band back together? These guys from a festival called Nearfest have approached me and said that they would put us on the stage and we could do a reunion thing. So we all said yes, except Kit, who did not want to play live anymore. So David Rosenthal, who was a, a fan of the band and a great keyboard player, said he would take the keyboard reins. And that's that got us back together. It was You can thank Chad and... Rob uh, Laduca from uh, Nearfest. They they were the real impetus for it. Okay, so uh, after you guys did the Muse Awakens, you and Stan decided to do Oblivion Sun. So uh, why did you shift gears there and, and and abandon the Happy the Man thing? Kind of. Well, the Happy the Man thing was logistically too difficult because we all lived in different states. And it was just far too difficult to get together and rehearse. It certainly wasn't uh, generating enough money to make it a full-time job. I mean, it's Prague, so, you know, I I don't even know if that's a possibility. Uh, I'm sure there are some successful Prague bands, but I've certainly never been in one that was financially gratuitous. Hmm. So Stan and I would drive like nine hours to practice at Dave's Place in Jersey from Southern Virginia, sleep on the floor at the basement there and practice all weekend and then drive back nine hours. And that kind of thing was just hard to keep up over the the span of a couple of years. 
and ultimately Happy the Man failed. That reunion failed due to logistics, just physical, too hard to get it together to, to practice. And we practiced a lot when we when we did music. We practiced the hell out of it to make sure it was perfect. So the next sure. step after that, Sam and I, we did uh, a solo album, basically, uh, not a solo, but a duet album called Pedal John Animals, which was a collection of songs that he and I had written over the years that just weren't appropriate for Happy the Man. They were more, I don't know, I guess they were still in the prog vein, but they weren't they weren't really the kind of thing that Happy the Man would play. I'm not sure how to describe that, but if you've heard Pedal Giant Animals, you probably understand. I, I haven't had the pleasure. I have pretty much all the Happy the Man and Oblivion Sun stuff, but I never came across that one. Oh, I have to get you a copy. So make sure to... I have your email. I'll send you a digital download link for it that way would be fantastic here. yeah and i can maybe even slip one in on the program when i put it together yeah you'll see some of the songs are like guitar and vocal uh they're i don't know how to describe the difference in the songs because it's still stan and i writing songs but they weren't big progressive band kind of songs that being said there are a couple of tunes on the CD that are big progressive band sounding songs. So we needed some other musicians. Pete Princiata, who you just met briefly this morning, right. played bass on some of the songs. And Chris Mack played drums on uh, the songs that needed live drums. So, well, not live drums, but, you know, real drums instead of synthesized stuff. Right. And then after we had done the Pedal Giant Animals album, we said, well, gosh, we had pretty much a band here with Pete and Chris. So why don't we do a new band and we'll call it Oblivion Sun. That was Chris Mack's idea. And I guess he had, I wrote this book of poetry way back when, you know, if it qualifies as a book, it's a very small collection of poems that I'd written. And one of the poems in it was called Oblivion Sun. And the book was titled Oblivion Sun. Chris liked that and suggested it as the name for the band. And we were all like, yeah, sure. Why not? So that's where the name came from. So um, Pete, Pete wasn't okay. able to play bass, so we got uh, Dave DeMarco to play bass. And then ultimately, Chris and Dave both left Oblivion Sun, and we have David Hughes and Bill Brasso take over on uh, bass and drums. So the rhythm section that ended up on Oblivion Sun was Dave and Bill. And then we also had a second keyboard player, Bill Plummer, who came in. I think that's pretty much the Oblivion Sun story. Mm -hmm. So um, did you ever consider maybe that, uh, I mean, a lot of the music was instrumental. Did you ever consider, you know, that maybe that fact held you back a little bit? You know what I mean? Without, well, it did I, in the early days, certainly, when we were with Arista, the no commercial potential are the three words that come to mind that you would hear bandied about in the halls of the big record labels mm. because vocals sell songs. I mean, Barry Manilow was a big deal at Arista when we were there. So <laughs> probably a chunk of our budget went to him. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do another tune before we break. This is Wild Chrome Yellow Shine from the third Happy the Man album called Third Better Late.
Again, that was Wild Chrome Yellow Shine from the third Happy the Man album called Third Better Late, which was recorded in 1979 and eventually released in 1983. After the break, more great Frank Wyatt music and later, some more chat with Frank himself. Stay tuned. The vinyl may be gone. The album art may be a JPEG. Radio lives on forever. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Continuing on with my interview and artist feature program centered on Frank Wyatt, let's do one more Happy the Man tune. This one from their reunion album, if you will, released in 2004, more than 20 years after the third album. There were a few albums released in between, but they consisted of previously unreleased material recorded prior to the first album. Anyway, this is Il Quinto Mare.
Il Quinto Mare from The Muse Awakens, the last album of original material released by Happy the Man in the year 2004. After that, Frank and Stan Whitaker did the Pedal Giant Animals Project, and I'm going to play a couple from that album right now. So here's Mists of Babylon and Blue Sun.
Mists of Babylon and Blue Sun, both from the Pedal Giant Animals album released by Frank Wyatt and Stan Whitaker in 2006. After that album, the two went on to form Oblivion Sun, and they released two albums under that banner. From the first Oblivion Sun album, let's check out a song called Chapter 7.1. And from the second album, a tune with a tongue-in-cheek title, Dead Sea Squirrels.
Again, that was Chapter 7.1 from the first self-titled Oblivion Sun album released in 2007. That was followed by Dead Sea Squirrels from the second Oblivion Sun album, The High Places, released in 2013. After the break, music from Frank Wyatt's current project, called Frank Wyatt and Friends, and more of my chat with Frank. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know how great your house looks and smells when it's just been cleaned? So fresh. And somehow, a clean house makes your head feel fresher, too. With a housekeeper from Care, you can reset your house and your head as often as you like for less than you think. Find a great housekeeper, set a schedule that works for you, and check cleaning off your to-do list so you can put your mind to other, more fun things. Get the housekeeping help you need at Care.com. Frank Wyatt's current music project is called Frank Wyatt and Friends, and the album is called Zeitgeist. Let's hear some of the music before Frank fills us in more on how the album came to be. Here's the title track, Zeitgeist.
pleasures of auto-making simply multiply Sometimes it seems beyond us Again, that was Zeitgeist from Frank Wyatt and Friends, the title track of Frank's latest album. So anyway, I guess that brings us up to the present, and uh, you have just released a great album under the banner of Frank Wyatt and Friends. So you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, that was originally slated to be a, a pedal giant animals. Uh, I guess we were going to use the, the group or duo name, Pedal Giant Animals, when I first thought about doing it. But then as it, as it was being done over the, over the time period, which was much longer than I thought it would be, it, it was determined that, wait a minute, it's, this is not a Pedal Giant Animals project. This ends up being all the people that I played with before. So it's Frank and Friends. What it, so we didn't call it Pedal Giant Animals, even though the initial what was that thing called Kickstarter where I was trying to look for funds to get it together. Mm -hmm. 
was under a pedal giant animals nomiker. It ended up being Frank White and friends. So it was in very, very beginning of the whole thing. It was another idea for a proposal for happy man. I wanted to, to throw out more songs and see if the band wanted to try one more time. And this time around, instead of fighting the logistics of it, maybe we could do it with the new tech that's available, you know, record our parts in our mm-hmm. own studios and, conglomerate them at some point somewhere and then have someone mix it and blah, blah, blah. You know, the tech was available to do things remotely and to do things independently and then cobble it together. And then after I had started bandying that idea about, you know, that I would pitch it to everyone in happy the men to do a reunion thing. I had this, you know, uh, illness crap hit me and, at that point, I decided, okay, well, the next next thing I should do is probably try to just get one more project out, and I'll just invite everybody I've ever played with and see if I can make it happen to to put together one more project. And that's where the Zeitgeist was born. Okay. So, uh, I don't know. You want to talk about the recording, or uh, you know, what what we was it? I. <sighs> You mentioned illness. Do you want to do you want to speak any more about that? Uh, more specifically, uh, the, how we did it technically. Sure, if you want to talk about that, yeah. Okay. So, I would write the keyboard piano part. Some of these songs I'd already written uh, years ago, like in two thousand, I wrote the approach while Happy the Man was recording the Muse. So I had that one in the can. I had a YouTube channel for Crafty Hand Studio, and I was trying to put together uh, something to make content so that people would be interested and come to see it. So I was starting a song called Leaving that I wrote right after my diagnosis. So I was really pissed off because I didn't want to die, but they told me I was going to die. So I got this whole spectrum of emotions bombarded me. And I decided I would document the creation of the song Leaving and try to put that up in weekly installments on the YouTube channel so people could see the process I was going through to create a song. So then that grew into the Zeitgeist Project as more and more people agreed to perform on other songs with me. And I kind of used the same technique that I was using with Leaving, where I would start with the piano part and then add things, except that I would ask other people to add parts. And so everyone I invited was able to perform on it, except Bill Plummer, Dan Owen, and Keith McSoud, and Coco Roussel. Those are the four musicians that I've performed with before in the past that weren't able to do this project for some reason or other, whatever, whatever different reasons there were. I would send the people, uh, the, I would send the musician who had agreed to do a part my tracks that I had to date, and then they would add to them in their studio, and it would go back and forth where there would be commentary on the part that they were coming up with, and we would just uh, you know hash it out like, okay, try this, try that. I would send copious notes to people, and and in some cases, they would come here to Crafty Hands and record their parts. Like on The Approach, Joe Bergamini, fantastic drummer, from the Happy the Man reunion of 2000, he came into the studio here 
sat down and played his part in one take, and that was it. We were done. It was like hmm. an amazing performance. Of course, he's an amazing drummer, so mm-hmm. it's to be expected. But still, you would think maybe a couple of other takes, but no, not Joe. He nailed it. And we're like, okay, let's eat. <laughs> and uh, the it went that way. You know, everything was put together with people contributing their parts. It would have been a whole lot faster, but I kept getting zapped with different treatments for this disease, and I would be really sick. I mean, so sick that I couldn't do anything for pretty long periods of time. And uh, so so that delayed everything being done in a timely manner. It, it took, I think it took over four years to get it all together finally, and it, it could have easily been done in a year if I wasn't on my back so much, but that is what it is, you know, it just... You play the deck you're dealt, I guess, huh? Yeah, I'm really sorry, man. You know, hey, hey, it's it's it is just a part of the deal. It's all yep. a part of the deal. Yep, we're all gonna face it someday. <laughs> but um, so I mean, is there any chance of uh, you know, any any more anything coming? You, you still you still doing anything? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Because of the best medicine I've had, as it turns out, is working on the music. So I'm in the middle of, not the middle, I'm at the beginning of a new piece called Atlantis. That's going to be another big concept piece. And I think Pete's going to work with me on it. We we do Skype calls where we're trying to organize our thoughts about it. So also, uh, we're, I'm looking into orchestrating the Paralander piece for... Not so much orchestrating it because it's been orchestrated. It? Yeah. But I mean, engraving it for into a manuscript form so that it could be provided to someone uh, to see if we get a real orchestra to play. It would be that would be amazing. Yeah. To let real musicians interpret it instead of me having to pretend to be a seventy-piece orchestra. Yeah, that was very. Uh, that's very involved and. Uh... Yeah, I was surprised. It, it was a little bit different than uh, some of your other work. The whole yeah. yeah, I debated whether to do it at all, uh, to put it on the, the project. But I'm like, well, this could be the last project. So if I'm ever going to try to do a serious composition, this would be this. This it's now or maybe never. So I'm going for it anyway. And I think it came yeah. out pretty good. And no, one of the too, movements yeah. we had we had done as a band, uh, Oblivion Sun, played the Golden Feast, the third movement, as a prog band. So. You can A B Prague and symphonic music there, mm-hmm. or my stab at symphonic music. No, it's and very sophisticated. It was, uh, yeah, it's like a little little symphony. It is. Why would what? I, I'm curious because a lot of people have said a little symphony. I'm I'm just wondering where the little part comes from. Well, I don't know. Um, I just meant in terms of length. You know, I mean, it, I guess I guess symphonies are. You know, they could be. Uh, Shorter or longer, yeah. Yeah, That's I, think all. It's a, I think it's a. I think it's a, a respectable length for a symphony. Oh, it sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess it is. You know, in retrospect, I didn't look at the, what all the times added up to, but you know, it's a nice chunk of the uh, the album. That's for sure. Yeah, it's about twenty six minutes. I think is it. Is it that long? I didn't. I didn't uh, realize it was that long. I thought maybe it was uh, a little shorter than that. Time flies when you're having fun. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a good sign, right? That it didn't seem long. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you had said, 
the the tediously long symphony. Yeah. <laughs> <Then> I, <laughs> I wouldn't have had any doubt as to what you're trying to say, but it would not have been a good thing. <laughs> so uh, we might see this Atlantis thing coming then down the road here. Uh, one could hope. I I've followed that kind of ancient history stuff uh, through the course of my life, and. So first, first step for me is to to research it. So I'm in the middle of several books now, trying to get my head around exactly how I want the, the concept to to be laid out. There's one piece, one section for it now already called "Fountain by the Moon," and there's possibly a thematic entry for the very beginning of it. So. Who knows? Who knows if it'll happen or not? It's it's an ambition, and that's what I'm doing now. So, reading books and letting the inspiration that comes from the books express itself on the keyboard, and then moving that into a symph- It's more of a symphonic piece at this point. So, who knows what uh, final form factor it'll take? Cool. Um, Maybe I've crossed over into serious music from Prague. But to me, Prague, Prague and symphonic music are really, really closely aligned. Well, I believe, yeah, I, f- I feel the same way. Yeah, I mean, Rite of Spring was the first Prague music, if you ask me. Yeah, yeah, Stravinsky, a lot of his stuff, yeah. yeah people were walking out on it. <laughs> it's, what is this crap? <laughs> So I hope you enjoyed listening in on my conversation with Frank Wyatt. Stay with me, though, as I have just enough time for one more track. But first, big thanks to Frank for speaking with me and for helping me work out the technical issues. I wish him great success with this album, best wishes for the future, and I hope he can bring his Atlantis concept to fruition and maybe fulfill his wish to have Paralandra performed by an orchestra. Let's finish up with one more from the new Frank Wyatt and Friends album, Zeitgeist. Here's part of the aforementioned not-so-little symphony, Paralandra, which concludes the album. This is the fourth movement called Blessed Be He. Until next time, prog on, my brothers and sisters.
As a parent, no two days are ever the same. At Care.com, you can find trusted and flexible sitters to help manage your family's ever-changing schedule. Care.com can even help you out with housekeepers, dog walkers, senior caregivers, and more. So you can find care for all you love. And 100% of caregivers who use Care.com have been background checked with CareCheck, a key first step in hiring confidently. To get the help you need to make it all work, sign up now and find a great sitter at Care.com.